It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Thursday, September the 20th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here, as always, to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we begin diving deep on the Oakland Raiders, the Dolphins' Week 3 opponent. I'll preview that game and tell you why, despite the Raiders' league-worst rushing defense, Miami should go ahead and put the football up in the air early and often. Plus, I have a rant I have to get off my chest. We'll get to more of your Twitter questions, and I'll introduce a new segment, the Lock It Up segment. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Follow me on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. And check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog for all your daily Dolphins content needs. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts. You guys can find me on the Opposing Teams podcast every Wednesday with those crossover podcasts. And unfortunately, we do have some injury news to get to. Let's go ahead and bring on the Mad Dog. All right, Miami! And the first one that is bearing attention, or the only one that really bears attention at all, I suppose, we talked about the Maurice Smith call-up from the practice squad on the podcast And unfortunately, there's a reason for it that is not positive. Rashad Jones was not at practice on Wednesday. I read that he was having an issue getting his own shirt on post-game after the game on Sunday. Just lifting that shoulder up above his head was an issue, and the injury occurred on that awesome stick he had right down around the goal line to end that first half for the New York Jets to take that 20-to-zip lead into the locker room. But on the positive side, it does sound like he feels a lot better now. And Coach Gase was quick to say it's a day-to-day type of thing. And if you'll recall last week with Josh Sitton, when we all thought he was going to be fine, he was not that dismissive about Josh Sitton. He wouldn't comment on the severity of Josh Sitton's injury, but he did say that Rashad Jones is a day-to-day thing. So he might miss this game at most, but hopefully they'll have him back for New England and worst-case scenario, which is great, great news. And spinning it forward, we do have an injury report for both practices in Oakland and Miami for the Dolphins and Raiders. And the Raiders looks like this. Leon Hall was a limited practice participant. P.J. Hall, the rookie defensive tackle, did not practice. It sounds like he will miss the game. Limited participants, center Rodney Hudson, guard Gabe Jackson, running back Marshawn Lentz, and then tackle Brandon Parker did not practice either. As far as the Dolphins goes, Danny Amendola got his Wednesday vet day off. Long snapper John Denny was limited. Kenyon Drake, William Hayes, and Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker, all full participants. Jordan Phillips was limited, and Rashad Jones did not practice. So Rashad Jones, the only one down on the injury report right now. We have a full podcast to get to for you guys here. Let's go ahead and crank things up. That's another Miami Dolphins. And is there a better way to start the podcast than with a host-centric rant? I mean, what better way to get everyone's morning off to a chipper type of start? So let's go ahead and do it. 
and it centers around my confidence in this football team, and I have exuded a lot of confidence about this game in particular, whether it was my game-by-games prediction that I wrote before the season even started, or going through the matchups as I study this Oakland Raiders team on tape, and we'll cover more of that in our next segment here on this podcast. Couple all of that with the fact that the Raiders and any West Coast team coming East really, especially in that early window, they really struggle. Oakland did it once last year and got steamrolled by the Bills 34-14. to Luckily for them, their other three showings in the Eastern time zone were primetime, nighttime games, so the body clock factor, not so much of a factor at all. Still, in those four games, the Raiders were 1-3. and three. Now, coincidentally, that one win came against our Miami Dolphins, but again, I think we can excuse just about everything from that 2017 season. So I have all this confidence. I've tweeted about it. I've written about it on message boards. I've talked about it on the podcast. And what's the number one response that I get to that confidence? The same thing I've read time and time again, going back two decades and following this sport. There's always at least one guy. And if I'm being honest, it's typically multiple guys. I'm talking about the quote, don't overlook team X end quote guy. Why? Why the hell does it matter what I do? I'm not playing for the team. I don't have a level of focus I have to maintain. No matter what I say, what I do, what I tweet, what I write, what I spew on my podcast, nothing I do impacts this team. Now, I cover this team, and part of the job is giving you guys as much coverage of this team as I possibly can from my own perspective. And part of that for me, and one of my favorite things to do, is to look ahead and try to forecast things that might happen. We do it all off-season long. We project draft picks. We project free agents. We talk about our preseason predictions, who's going to win which game. But once the season comes around, we have to compartmentalize everything in the entire sport down to just this one game, this one opponent. Why the hell is that? Look, I get that the most important game is the next one, but the fun of being a fan is the collective banter of both the past, present, and future of whichever team you root for and which direction they're going. We all love the crystal ball game. So when I look ahead, that's an entirely acceptable practice both as a fan and as a journalist. So please, 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 if you're the don't look ahead guy, just stop. I know, I get it but it's not going to change the way I approach this game, both as a journalist and from a fan perspective. I have great confidence in this game, and I'm definitely looking forward to that Patriots game in Week 4 because if they lose, it's no skin off my back. It's not my responsibility. It'll suck, but it has nothing to do with me, and we'll just readjust and go from there as we do in this industry. All right, we'll preview this game next, but first, Miami is 2-0 against the spread this year. They enter this game Sunday, the first time this season as favorites. They are three-point favorites. And if you think they'll make it 3-0 against that spread, put your money where your mouth is with my bookie. Because as you guys know, it's just as important as who you bet through as who you bet on. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet you'll make this entire season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win and they pay. 
They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. My bookie is currently slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And do not forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And like I said, if you're willing to wait until after 7 p.m., you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code Locked On 25 That's all one word, Locked On 25 MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, ad reads and rants are over. We have a football game to talk about. The Dolphins taking on the 0-2 Oakland Raiders. Dolphins enter this game 2-0 as three-point favorites at home at Hard Rock Stadium where the Raiders come all the way from the West Coast for a tough, tough road trip to face 88-degree temperature, 73% humidity, and there is a bummer 60% chance of precipitation and possible thunderstorms. I really hope we don't have another delay like we had last time, but the good news is the Dolphins are riding a six-game winning streak with Ryan Tannehill under center under the Adam Gaze era. They are a different team at home. They have been fantastic at scoring the football, and that's a problem the Raiders, I think, are going to have in this game because I mentioned at the top of the show, I think they need to come out and throw the football even though the Raiders allow 5.7 yards per rush. And the reason I think that is because Paul Gunther is the defensive coordinator, and he came from that Mike Zimmer scheme up in Cincinnati, now with Minnesota, and they love to show A-gap pressure. They love to blitz both the run and the pass, and the Raiders didn't blitz very much against the Rams in Game 1, and I think that probably had something to do with Todd Gurley, and they were worried about him sneaking out of the backfield, and of course, Jared Goff getting rid of the football very quickly, and they upped that percentage almost double in the Denver Broncos game, and I think the lack of impact they had as a pass rush John Gruden's going to want to turn that heat up even more, and I think Paul Gunther will oblige. But where they don't realize the weakness is that Ryan Tannehill is very good against this blitz. And the Raiders cornerbacks, I think Garyon Conley and Rashawn Melvin, are better than what the Raiders have had in the past. But all things told, Leon Hall on the slot against this Dolphins slew of slot receivers that can burn you, I just don't think they're going to have a lot of success on the outside. And they're going to send pressure and pressure and pressure, and the ball's going to come out. They're going to go tempo. They're going to just pound this Raiders team with intermediate to short passes, keep the chains moving, keep that snap count up, get them completely gassed, and just put their foot on the throat of the Raiders, all gas, no breaks, and this offense is going to have a coming out party. Because if those reasons aren't enough, you can look at the fact that all three Raider linebackers are allowing passer ratings of over 100 in their coverage areas. You look at their pass rush specialist, their best pass rusher in terms of pass rush productivity, gee, say that five times fast, their best PRRP guy 
on the team is Frosty Rucker, and he is 77th, according to Pro Football Focus, in pass rush productivity. Not getting home very often, plenty of time to pass. That means more blitzing, more free windows, and an easy day for Ryan Tannehill in front of his home crowd without noise to deal with. They can make their checks and their calls at the line of scrimmage. And getting out to that fast start does one of a of a few things, but the main thing that it does is it gets the Raiders behind the eight ball. It gets them behind on the scoreboard. And what do the Dolphins want to do on defense? They want to get ahead and go after the quarterback. And because of the desire to do so, they will take a look at this opportunity to pass the football, get out to an early lead, and then unleash hell on this Raiders offensive line, which makes a ton of money, but is not very good. You look at the pass protecting numbers across the board. Neither of these Raiders offensive tackles, whether it's Colton Miller or Donald Penn, is a top 50 graded run blocker. They both have allowed for a combined nine pressures on the quarterback. And where it's supposed to be better on the interior, you have Kalechi Osemele and Gabe Jackson, who rank 24th and 42nd, respectively, according to Pro Football Focus grades. And they themselves have allowed eight combined pressures. So tons of pressure, not a lot of room in the ground game. As far as the receivers go, they have just one player who's over two yards per route run. You'll recall the Dolphins have three such guys, and that is Martavis Bryant, who's only played one game and has just four pass targets. So that number is not super reliable. I'm not worried about Jordy Nelson. I think Xavier Howard can completely lock out Amari Cooper in this game. The one problem we have on the Raiders offense, and it's a given, is Jared Cook, the tight end, who is fifth among all tight ends with 3.82 yards per route run. So this offense against this Dolphins defense, I don't see the matchups that favor the Raiders. On the other side of the football, I'm not seeing it either because once the Dolphins get out to that lead with the aerial attack, and I do think there is something there with Adam Gaze where he might be seeing some of this comments about his quarterback. He is great at scheming things open in the passing game down in the red zone. We saw it with the first Kenny Stills touchdown in the Tennessee Titans game where they ran that awesome little pick play to the outside. He is fantastic at creating scoring opportunities, and I think he's going to want to kind of have a statement here in this game to let Tannehill pad his stats a little bit in that regard. Now, of course, winning the game is most important, but I think once they have that success, they're going to dial it up. They're going to get on the scoreboard early and often. They're going to go after Leon Hall. They're going to go after Reggie Nelson, whose passer rating allowed is 150.7. That's only 7.6 points lower than a perfect passer rating. So you take all these injuries, the lack of depth up front, the lack of depth in the secondary, the poor linebacker play, the fact that this offense is turnover prone against a Miami secondary that can capitalize on such a thing. I just think this game is going to be awfully, awfully lopsided. And there's three things the Dolphins have to do and will do. One, contain the Raiders first down offense because they are not, they have not been a good third down team this year. And if you can create Marshawn Lynch or contain Marshawn Lynch to less than four yards per carry on first down, that forces them into third and long. And that's where Derek Carr gets in trouble. That's where the offensive line gets in trouble. Number two, unleash the passing game. Like I mentioned, the Raiders are going to overcommit to stop the run. So hit him over the top with the passing game. And number three, shut down Amari Cooper or Jared Cook. Just take one of them out, make them one dimensional and you'll be good to go. And even as we trudge on here with the Dolphins 2-0, I think they're going to want to make a statement in this game and really, really stick it to the Raiders and show the national media that they are for real and get people excited for that Patriots-Dolphins game coming up next week. All right, we still have a busy, busy third segment of the show, including your Twitter questions and my score prediction for the game. 
But first, I want to introduce you guys to Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemons, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap, wherever you want to shop, you can find it on Swap.com. They have quality, hand-inspected items that are added every single day. If something doesn't fit you, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. I'm just like you. I'm a sucker for the brand names. I love my Nike and I have to have it. That's why I want you to go to Swap.com and find cheap deals on brand name clothes. Plus, who doesn't want to save a trip to the shopping mall? I know I do. And for a limited time only, a special offer for our listeners. You can get 35% off selected items for your first order with promo code locked on. That's one word promo code locked on for 35% off your first order with selected items. And every day on Swap.com, you can find new deals on their homepage. That's Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The third and final segment for your Thursday, September the 20th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And let's go ahead and introduce our new segment to the show here. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And we're going to lock it up by telling you what is going to happen on Sunday. I'm going to give you a prediction, an exact prediction that will happen. And this week, my lock it up of the week is going with Jakeem Grant getting loose. I'm not sure if it's going to be in the return game on a screen pass going up over the top of the defense, but Jakeem Grant is going to make a house call from a long way away. I think that he's going to do this all the time this season. He didn't do it last week. I thought he had a chance on that cat blitz screen call they had where he was just one slip tackle away from getting all the way home on a long, long touchdown. He looked good on punt returns once again. He has the kick return. He's had some big plays as a receiver. I think Jakeem Grant at home in a high score affair gets loose gets behind the defense and has a long touchdown and that's my lock it up of the week and before I give my final score projection for the game let's go ahead and get back into the Twitter mailbag I apologize for not getting to all of these I just have too many to get to on a 25 minute show but we're going to do as many as we can the first one here comes from Gonzo Shitcock the greatest Twitter name in the history of Twitter he is at dick dies sell daddy dies l daddy with the success of the read option versus the Jets, do you think the RPO makes its debut this week? I'm glad you asked that question because the Dolphins did not run RPO at all last week. That's zone read. That's not the RPO. Despite what commentators and analysis on or analysts on TV tell you, that's not the RPO. I, I don't know, man. It could. I think that this offense is going to be so weakly adapted that we could see anything. I would not be surprised to see anything on Sunday and the Sundays beyond that. I do think that we're going to see a reverse pass at this at some point soon because there are a lot of former quarterbacks on this roster. AJ Derby is one of those guys and Ryan Tannehill, we all know that he played receiver in college. So I think that one's coming. RPO, I'm sure it will, but I have no idea when. 
Next one comes from IG Dan Adams Films. He's at Dan Adams Films. We haven't heard much impact from Charles Harris yet. Is it because of playing time or something else? No, Charles Harris has something like 45, 50 snaps on the year. He is fourth in line or fifth in line as far as defensive ends go. And this is a deep group, but I think Charles Harris was put here for his longevity or or long-term upside in terms of what he was. He played better last year against the run than I thought he would. The pass rushing, he was close, didn't really get home. But he hasn't really taken the step forward this year. I think his technique has been a little bit bad. His first step is slow. He doesn't really know what he's doing in terms of setting up the tackle for the pass rush. And I'm I'm basing that off of what I saw off the left side. He was primarily a right side rusher last year. So they got to find a position for him where he can feel comfortable, get his technique right, and get things going. Because the guy is so freakish athletically, we need to have that impact on some games down the line when it comes to big time passing teams. I think he's going to be a very important cog and they got to get him going. So right now he's not producing for a multitude of reasons, but I think it's mostly his technique. Okay, I've got time for one more. This one comes from Chris Ballard at The Jeweler. Which matchups are you looking forward to most in this game? I'm really excited for... Xavier Howard versus Amari Cooper. I think that Cooper is the exact type of receiver that Xavier Howard can blank. I think he can get him for zero catches if he really plays it right or if the Raiders want to not do anything short in terms of the screen game or get him easy catches. I think Xavier Howard could travel and shut him out completely. And on the other side of the ball, I didn't really know this until I looked into the game research-wise and film-wise, but I think Ryan Tannehill versus the Raider linebackers because they're going to be blitzing a lot. They're not very effective in that regard. When they're asked to cover, they're not very effective, and their run defense has not been good either. So I think Ryan Tannehill can dictate this game by displacing linebackers, by getting them picked up in blitz protection by the running backs and tight ends and chips and everything you do to make that happen. I think that Tannehill has a big, big game in this one, his biggest of the year, and really capitalizes on the Raiders' poor linebacker play, their poor pass rush, and their lackluster secondary. All right, you've waited all episode long to hear my score for the game, my prediction for the game. Let's go ahead and do that right now. And let's go ahead and cue up some music, some nostalgic music for this segment. And we'll go ahead and play that right now and talk about the result of this game and why I think this game is going to be lopsided in favor of the home team for a few reasons. East Coast team or West Coast team rather, coming east for the early time slot. The Raiders overcorrection to fix the running defense against the strong Dolphins running game. Their poor offensive line play with a struggling, turnover-prone quarterback. The heat and the tempo with the Raiders' poor conditioning we saw last week in Denver. This game is going to be an absolute romp. Miami is going to put a 40-burger up on this Raiders defense, and they'll do it in a 41-20 to fashion. They're going to get to 3-0. They're going to start finally grabbing the headlines they deserve, and that Patriots-Dolphins game is the one everyone is going to be talking about this time next week. You heard it here first. The Dolphins get to 3-0 in blowout fashion over the Oakland Raiders, 41-20. to But as for the podcast today, guys, that is my time. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you on Friday for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 